Coming up next on The Jeff Curley Show, what's the difference between a know-it-all and a learn-it-all? My next guest will explain just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is The Jeff Crilly Show. I'm a big fan of the TV show Cheers, and one of my favorite characters is Cliff Clavin because he's famously a know-it-all. And nobody really likes a know-it-all, let's be honest. But what you want to do is be a learn-it-all. Damon Limby is with me. He's a best-selling author, speaker, and the CEO. Thanks for coming on the show. Jeff, thanks for having me here today. Absolutely. Okay, well, explain what a learn-it-all is. So we talked about a little bit a second ago what a know-it-all is. Somebody who comes to the game thinking they know everything, they have all the answers, their way is the right way. And a learn-it-all is somebody with a beginner's mind, uh, is open, curious, and not afraid to be to say that they're not the smartest person in the room. But they surround themselves with great people, and they listen, and they're able to learn and continue to evolve. And you have a best-selling book. Let's put the cover on the screen so we can talk about it. The learn-it-all leader. What is a learn-it-all leader? So a learn-it-all leader, my definition of leader, which I think is important, is not, doesn't mean that you have to manage a team of a thousand people or 10 people. Anybody can be a leader. So whether you're a parent, whether you're an individual contributor or a student, it's somebody who takes accountability and, and can lead from the front and others can, you know, emulate or follow. So that's why um, that's my definition of a leader. And a learn-it-all leader is somebody who understands, and I talk about this in my book, leaders aren't born, they're not made, they're in the making. So they're continuously learning to evolve. Now you didn't set out to uh, become a CEO and author. You were going to be a baseball player um, and you had a baseball career. And tell us about that. So Growing up, I was fortunate. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we're all big sports fans. And uh, around my sophomore year in high school, I realized that if I was going to play college sports, it would be in baseball. And I was fortunate enough to get drafted by the Atlanta Braves in the 13th round of quite a while ago. And my, uh, my dreams were to become a Major League Baseball player. At that time, I actually decided to go to college. I had a full ride to Pepperdine, uh, which I got hurt, ended up playing in College World Series at Arizona State, and I was really getting ready for my opportunity to move on uh, to the minor leagues the next step. And unfortunately, that didn't happen, and I didn't get drafted. And here I was at 22 years old and kind of hit the crossroads. I was in a position where it's like, okay, well, what do I do now? I'm not sure if my skills are transferable into the business world. Um, and I just... I was fortunate to come from a family that had a bunch of different businesses, a large real estate company. And my dad at the time, Walt Lemby, uh, was starting a corporate 
training company called Learn It, and I just asked to start as a receptionist there, and, and I worked my way up since. And we found this picture of you as a receptionist, and I'm so glad that you have this. That's such a cool shot. I mean, when you when you look at that kid, how old was that kid? Look at that mullet. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I would say I was 22. 22. Now, when you were working for your dad, did you see yourself taking over one day? So, and I wanted to give my mom credit too, because if you looked at that picture, we had a really cool, cool design and, and layout there. And my dad never worked at Learn It. You know, the idea of Learn It came up when he went and took a training class and it was really long and boring. And he said, there's gotta be a better way to do it. Like a lot of great entrepreneurs do. They, they've learned how to solve their own problem. And uh, that's where he came up with the idea for Learn It. And when I came in as a receptionist, no, I didn't know. I didn't even know if, my, if I was qualified to work there. But I worked hard I, and I worked my way up and I did sales and I taught classes and fast forward about seven years when the CEO there wasn't working out and their little board was looking for a replacement, I threw my hat in a ring and, and I said, give me a chance, I've done this, this, and this. And that's what I moved into. But I'd have to say, I never thought that I would spend my basically my whole career 28 years in the in the learning development world but i have sure and you told me just before the show that you lost your dad about a decade ago and i can't even imagine what that's like my dad is my hero as well so what kind of life lessons did you learn from your dad so what i learned from my dad was first of all yes he died in 2010 the cancer uh what i learned from my dad and my 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 mom too is very we're very inclusive you know we i was really lucky to grow up in the family I did but he treated everybody the same and um, whether you were the uh, senior vice president at Morgan Stanley or parking garage attendant which I have a great story about in my book um, that kind of is as an example uh, treated everybody the same so I learned that and also I would say to have a big vision and a moonshot vision you know don't be afraid to try things and, and, and go for it that's wonderful. And you've assembled a dream team. I want to give you a chance to brag about your team of instructors. We're going to pull up the page off your website. And as we scroll down the, uh, the page, I mean, these are rock stars, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there they are. I'm, I'm glad we got to show them. So in order to be able, in my opinion, in order to be able to create a uh, strong culture and a great team is uh, you want to surround yourself with great people. And I've always learned I, that from the uh, statement that A players surround themselves with A players. You know, sometimes B players are afraid or intimidated, but I've always wanted to bring in great talent, uh, give them the opportunity to succeed, and you know, kind of give them the space that they can do to, um, to be successful. So I'm probably the most proud over the years of the talent I've been able to assemble that we have working there now, but also the, our alumni that's come through we start with a lot of people early on in their career and help develop them. Some stay forever and some move on in our CEOs and you know senior executives and coaches elsewhere these days. T tell me more about your leadership style. And when you write a book about leadership, <laughs> you're really kind of holding yourself accountable because everybody can say, hey, boss man, in, on page 52. <laughs> right. So what's your leadership style? So I would say, getting back to a little bit about uh, my, my book, The Learn It All Leader, one of the things that I wanted to do when I wrote it was share what I learned from playing for three Hall of Fame baseball coaches at Pepperdine, College of San Mateo, and Arizona State. And I took what I learned from them and kind of emulated it from there. 
And really, I would say my leadership style is, like I mentioned, I want to surround myself with great talent, uh, great diverse talent with different perspectives. And, you know, I think it's important as a leader that when your team comes up with ideas and they're implemented and they, and they go well, you celebrate the wins and you give, you give your team the wins. And if things don't go well, I think it's important for a leader to hold it to be accountable. Yes. You know, and they take the accountability for that. And I think baseball is a great analogy because right now the Texas Rangers are doing very well. Go, Too well. Go, I wanted go, to go to the game last night. Go, go, go Rangers. But uh, when a team comes together, especially in October, you know it. And the same thing is true of a company, isn't it? Absolutely. You look at some of the teams that go out there and they spend a bunch of money, but there's really no collaboration and they just don't gel. And, and that's the same, I think, for the corporate world, too, or the nonprofit world, where you want to create a culture, you have whatever your values are, and your values shouldn't just be something that are you know, stuck on the wall that people right. never know. But you, you hire for those values, you live by those values, and if members of your team aren't upholding those values, then you need to decide if they should still be part of your team and if you allow that, then sometimes it can create a toxic, you know, toxic culture, which you want to avoid. Sure. So I have to imagine like in baseball, I mean, the coach is the coach and it, it is kind of my way or the highway. But in corporate America, you can't have a my way or the highway approach, especially with the Gen Z's. Do you want to speak to the idea of collaboration? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and I think even in even in today's day and age, in, in sports, I don't think it's my way or the highway anymore. I think I've seen across different industries, you know, at Learnit, um, my company, we work with leaders in all different types of industries. And um, these days, it's gotta be a lot more collaboration. And I think the best way to go about that really is people wanna know the why and the purpose and to help them get behind it. And it is tough, you know, the authoritative leadership really doesn't mold too well with the Gen Zs. And I know that, um, and sometimes that's a, a challenge for leaders who've been around a long time, but I think they have a, a, a ton to offer and especially around technology and all their ability with the new technology. So it's just, it's learning to collaborate, work together. And I think what great leaders do is they set clear direction and they give their people the space to be able to do the work that they need to do. Outstanding. Okay, we only have a couple minutes left. Final thoughts, what would, you, what would you like to leave people with? What I would like to leave people with is that whether you're in management, leadership, or anything, that there's always more you can learn and there's always more you can do. And uh, sometimes learning isn't easy, um, but go out, you know, get out of your comfort zone, learn new things and continue to evolve Last thing I'll say about that is don't be too hard on yourself either. You know, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be vulnerable and learn from those lessons and move forward. Outstanding. You've been a great guest. We're going to have to have you back soon. Uh, we'll end with the website, which is learnit.com. The great Damon Limby. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. The great Damon. <laughs> That's it for now. Yeah. We'll see you next time.